0: This is Sunrise, the who, what, when, where, why, and WTF of Florida politics. I'm Rick Flag reporting from Tallahassee, where the governor has declared a state of emergency in Escambia and Santa Rosa counties due to Hurricane Sally.
1: We don't necessarily anticipate hurricane force winds in those areas at this time. We do, though, see a potential for the storm to really slow down and stall out, and that could dump up to 25 inches of rain in those Northwest Florida
0: counties. The governor mentioned that almost as an afterthought. It came at the end of his press conference announcing the selection of a new Supreme Court justice after his first choice was rejected because she doesn't have enough experience.
1: I did not feel that she had been treated very well throughout this process.
0: The Florida man who almost beat DeSantis in the governor's race two years ago has come halfway out of the closet. Andrew Gillum says he's not gay, but he does identify as bisexual.
2: Given my having bared all, I could care less about all of that. My therapist put it this way. You can save face, you can save your ass, but you can't save them both at one time.
0: It was Gillum's first interview since an incident in March where he was found passed out on the floor of a motel in Miami Beach in the same room where a male acquaintance was being treated for an overdose. Joe Biden brings his campaign to Florida today. He'll be talking with veterans in Tampa and attending the Hispanic Heritage Festival in Kissimmee. It's his first visit to Florida since the pandemic began and they'll be talking about COVID a lot. Florida's Department of Health reported 1,736 new cases of COVID-19 Monday. That's the lowest single day count since June. 36 new fatalities were also reported. The statewide death toll has reached 12,900. The governor's handling of the COVID crisis has inspired some Florida teachers to run for office.
3: Our students, our teachers, our bus drivers, our personnel are in danger.
4: I'm currently on a leave of absence because I did not get my first choice of teaching online even though the governor said teachers would have choices too. That was a lie.
0: Today on the Sunrise Soapbox, the state pays tribute to missing children and the people who try to find them. The governor and First Lady Casey DeSantis led off the virtual memorial on Missing Children's Day.
5: Today we raise awareness of Florida's missing children, a day no parent should ever have to endure.
0: We'll also check out your daily calendar of political events and check in with a Florida woman who decided to try before you buy. It's usually a good idea, unless you're talking about a sex toy. And now, the top stories on Sunrise for Tuesday, September 15th. As Hurricane Sally churns through the Gulf of Mexico, Governor Ron DeSantis is warning residents of northwest Florida to brace for a super soaker, and he's declared a state of emergency.
1: An executive order uh, declaring a state of emergency with respect to Hurricane Sally for Escambia, and Santa Rosa counties. Now, we don't necessarily anticipate hurricane force winds in those areas at this time, but we think it's very likely that there will be tropical storm force winds in that area. Uh, We do, though, see a potential for the storm to really slow down and stall out, and that could dump up to 25 inches of rain in those Northwest Florida counties. And should the track change, if it does get pushed further east, of course, we can always add new counties. But I would just say to the folks in, in Escambia and Santa Rosa, listen to your local officials. Uh, there may be some low-lying areas. If they issue ex- evacuation orders, heed those calls. Um, like I said, it's probably not going to be uh, a major hurricane in terms of the winds. It it's, looks like it's a category one wind. You probably won't even see that if you're in North, Northwest Florida, but you do have the potential to see a huge amount of rain dropped um, over the next day, day and a half. So please heed the warnings and do what you can to protect yourself.
0: The governor made those remarks at the end of a news conference he never wanted to hold. He was forced to withdraw his nomination of Palm Beach County Judge Renatha Francis to the Florida Supreme Court after the court ruled that she didn't have the minimum experience required to serve. He is still miffed at having his appointment thrown out by the court, and he tried to soften the blow by telling Judge Francis that he'd talked to a friend in Washington about her.
1: I did not feel that she had been treated very well throughout this process. And so i picked up the phone and i called the president of the united states and i told the president uh, what had happened Uh, i told him that uh, we have a great judge down here in florida who was going to be on the supreme court and while that didn't work out uh, i think she would make a great federal judge in the southern district of florida and so the president uh, was very receptive to that Uh, all i can say is that that is actively under consideration uh, but she has my full support uh, to be a federal judge here in the state of Florida and hopefully we'll get uh, we'll get some news on that at some point in the very near future.
0: The governor's second choice for the Supreme Court is Jamie Grosshands, a former Orange County judge who was promoted to the Fifth District Court of Appeal back in 2018.
1: This year as we celebrate the 100th anniversary of women securing the right to vote, I'm reminded of the many women who have gone before me fighting for the rights and opportunities that I have today. I recognize that as I stand here, ready to join the Florida Supreme Court as the fifth woman, I stand on the shoulders of champions who have fought for equality and the right of women to lend their voices to the leadership in this great state. The structural constitution and the separation of powers in both our federal and state systems is critical to the proper function of the government. You can trust that I will bring a fidelity to the law and an unyielding respect for the separation of powers to my service on the court. This is the promise I make to Florida today.
0: The new justice owes her job to State Representative Geraldine Thompson, who sued the governor over his original appointment. Thompson congratulated the new justice and said, it's better to have a qualified white woman than an unqualified black woman on the high court.
6: She's constitutionally qualified, she's eligible, uh, she's shown her her competence and uh, she is female. So that will bring uh, a type of diversity to the court. And I think in addition to that, because during her time in law school at the University of Mississippi, she worked for the Civil Rights Division of uh, the US Justice Department. So she has familiarity with some of the uh, injustices and the inequalities that we are faced with In today's society, when we're looking at social unrest and people saying Black Lives Matter, I believe she will bring some sensitivity to that court because of her work uh, with the Civil Rights Division of the U.S. Justice Department.
0: A Florida man who was almost elected governor two years ago says he's not gay, but he is bisexual. Andrew Gillum lost the race to DeSantis by fewer than 33,000 votes. That's less than one half of one percent. Gillum says the narrow loss led to depression and drinking. Back in March, it all blew up when he was found passed out on the floor of a hotel in South Florida with a male acquaintance who had overdosed. He went into rehab and had been staying off the radar. But on Monday, Gillum appeared on the Tamron Hall show to discuss the incident and to say he identifies as bisexual
2: when you make your partnership choice in life if you're a man and you choose another man you then live as a gay couple no one even if one is bisexual that isn't a part of the identity that gets revealed if you are uh, bisexual and you are married to a different gendered person you don't go out there and broadcast that you're bisexual Mm -hmm. at this point you're just in a heterosexual marriage and so In some ways, and this is the disservice of it, is that you then have to, from an identity standpoint, not who you have sex with, but from an identity standpoint, you have to betray one to then embrace the other. And I think people then make up their minds that you're embarrassed or you're closeted or you're not full of who you are, you're not living your truth, you're not in your... At this stage, given my having bared all, Uh, I, could, I could care less about all of that. My therapist put it this way. You can save face, you can save your ass, but you can't save them both at one time.
4: And so, so for me- which are you trying to save?
2: Forget about saving face. Right now, I'm saving myself first, meaning by healing and being honest, and by virtue of being able to do that, then I can make decisions that are in my integrity.
0: Gillum's wife, R.J., told Hall she knew of his sexuality before they were married, but never felt it was a matter that should be discussed with the public, at least until now. Gillum has a long way to go in his public rehabilitation. This was only the first step in the process, but he did not rule out a future run for office, saying he may yet come back from the Miami incident. Joe Biden is in Florida today, hitting the I-10 corridor to try to shore up support with two key constituencies, Latinos and veterans. The Democratic presidential nominee will take part in a roundtable with vets in Tampa, and he'll attend a Hispanic Heritage Month event in Kissimmee. Congresswoman Lisa Blunt Rochester of Delaware is co-chair of the Biden campaign, and she says Florida knows Joe.
4: This campaign isn't just about Joe. It is about us that in our darkest times, it's about having a leader that we can rely on. It's about having a leader who we can trust. It's about having a leader who has the heart, soul, and spirit. We know Joe. Florida knows Joe. And in Bo's words, Joe has always had our back and it's time that we have his.
0: Fred Gutenberg, whose daughter was murdered at the Parkland Massacre, says Biden understands concepts like empathy and service, and he believes that is more important now than ever before. Right now, this country is going through a pandemic. We're going to pass 200,000 dead Americans any day now. It was preventable. You have an occupant in the White House right now who can't even bring himself to realize how horrific that is. Not only are these Americans dying, they're getting sick alone and they're dying alone. Joe Biden understands what this country is going through. Joe Biden understands what it's going to take to lead this country forward from this. Joe Biden understands this is not something we can just simply ignore and wish away, that it's going to require we Americans are there for one another the way he has been there for us. This will be the first time Biden has been in Florida since the pandemic changed the way campaigns are conducted. COVID-19 has claimed 36 more victims in the Sunshine State, increasing the known death toll to 12,900. The state health department also reported more than 1,700 new cases of the virus Monday. So far, there have been 665,730 infections in Florida. The governor's handling of the COVID crisis has inspired some Florida teachers to get out of the classroom and into the political arena. Jessica Harrington is running for a seat in the Florida House that includes Pinellas and Hillsborough counties. Her slogan is, send a teacher to Tallahassee.
4: I'm a middle school teacher here in Hillsborough County, which is the seventh largest district in the country. I'm currently on a leave of absence because I did not get my first choice of teaching online, even though the governor said teachers would have choices too. That was a lie. My school board voted to start the first four weeks online, but got bullied by Governor DeSantis and Richard Corcoran to back down from that plan due to the mandate. We were forced to go back to brick and mortar, even though medical professionals urged our board not to reopen our schools. We were threatened and we were told that we would lose funding if we did not reopen. This is the classic unfunded mandate that usually comes from Tallahassee. Parents were told that they would be, we would be reopening schools safely and that they could feel comfortable sending their children back. The fact is that lack of funding, lack of PPE, lack of transparency and teacher shortages are a recipe for disaster. When I was back in my classroom trying to prepare for my long-term sub, I was shocked at what I saw. We were not given enough sanitizing wipes, There was no plastic dividers between the desks or the teacher. There was not enough room to spread out my 25 desks. I can only spread out um, 10 of my students' desks and the roster had up to 20 or more um, students in the class. My windows also don't open. This is absolutely, there's absolutely no way to safely follow the CDC guidelines under those circumstances. Our school district created a COVID dashboard so that our parents and community members could conveniently track which schools have cases how many and if they are staff or student cases. This shows that we are expecting cases in our schools and expecting that some children and staff may get sick and may die. Today is day 15 of reopening schools in Hillsborough County. And we already have 182 reported cases on our campuses. 44 of those cases are children. And many of my colleagues have told me that there are more cases that are not even showing up on the tracker. We have an utter and complete lack of leadership coming from Tallahassee. Our school districts are in crisis. For years, our state legislature has underfunded our schools to the point where teachers like myself have been spending hundreds, if not thousands of dollars on basic school supplies. And now schools are expected to magically have the funding to keep our students and staff safe. Our children deserve to have the best education possible And they also deserve safety. We need to make sure that we hold Tallahassee accountable. And the way we're going to do that is by voting out every single lawmaker that voted no to a special session when this pandemic started. This governor has been in lockstep with this president on not taking this virus seriously, which have cost many Floridians their lives.
0: Nadia Combs is running for a seat on the Hillsborough County School Board. She's a career educator and a political newcomer.
3: The reason I decided to run for school district is I started seeing the issues that we're facing in our county and the issues of our governor dictating what is occurring in our schools. Financial pressure from our governor is making sure that our students are not receiving adequate education or safety. The safety of our students, our teachers, our bus drivers, our personnel are in danger. We are the seventh largest school district in the country, and we are unable to make local decisions on what's best gonna be for our children and our families. Instead of our school board members and our new superintendent working closely together, instead, the decisions were guided by the governorship and the Republicans in Florida. The teachers are doing everything that they can do. They're spread thin. They're having to teach students e-learning, on-site quarantine students and the lack of transparency that's coming down on our dashboard, it is not being very clear or transparent the number of students who do have COVID and we are not hearing about the number of students who are in quarantine. Let our local school board and let our local teachers make the decision and let us find ways to think outside the box to meet the needs of those students while ensuring the safety of our students and our teachers. We need a leadership that's going to think about our public schools first, not our private and our charter schools.
0: State Representative Geraldine Thompson of Windermere is a political veteran, but she was also a teacher and a college administrator.
3: We have
6: a governor who is following Donald Trump uh, and the Trump playbook uh, and looking more at the economy and sacrificing people at the same time. We have not seen funding so that teachers and students can uh, purchase PPE. Uh, We're talking about masks, we're talking about gloves, all of the personal protective equipment that is needed. There has been no funding for that. Also, we have not seen funding for appropriate sanitation in our schools, deep cleaning, uh, disinfecting, uh, et cetera. And so you do have young people who are now being infected with COVID. I represent the district where Olympia High School is located. And when the schools reopened, the students went back, the students socialized, and now we have uh, numerous confirmed cases of COVID at Olympia High School. So we opened and then we had to close again. So the governor has not provided the leadership. The governor has not provided the funding. Uh, He is straight out of the Trump playbook and looking at the economy uh, and looking at profits over people. We need someone in leadership who is empathetic, who has compassion and who cares about uh, the people of Florida.
0: Next up, a word from the sponsor, followed by today's installment of the Sunrise Soapbox, where you will hear from the governor and the first lady. You're listening to the Sunrise podcast from Florida Politics, and we're much obliged. Predict It is like the stock market for all things politics. Instead of trading stock in companies, you're investing money into your opinions on everything from election results to how many times President Trump will tweet this week. It's easy and only costs a few bucks to get started. Our podcast listeners can get a special introductory offer by visiting predictit.org promo slash F-L-A-P-O-L. Try it today. Welcome back to Sunrise. 21 years ago, the Florida Department of Law Enforcement held the very first Missing Children's Day ceremony in the courtyard of the state capitol. They've done it every year since then, until now. The COVID crisis forced them to go virtual, with Governor Ron DeSantis and First Lady Casey DeSantis doing the honors on tape.
1: Today's a day to remember the daughters and sons, brothers and sisters, grandchildren and nieces and nephews who were taken and have yet to come home. We also extend our deepest gratitude to the men and women in law enforcement, who work tirelessly to prevent child abductions and to recover missing children. From patrol officers and canine units to analysts and investigators, we thank all of you for your unwavering commitment to this effort. While Missing Children's Day is a day of remembrance, it's also a day of hope, hope to make child abduction a thing of the past in our state. Florida has and will continue to be on the forefront of innovative measures to ensure the safety of our children. Florida was the first state to institute a missing persons clearinghouse all the way back in 1982, creating a national standard for effectively handling missing person cases. And last year, FDLE issued 13 Amber Alerts and 24 missing child alerts, resulting in the direct recovery of three children. Again, I'd like to thank our law enforcement community for all they do to help find missing children and bring them home to the families of missing children. We are with you. We remember and we will continue to work to end these tragedies in Florida. Thank you and God bless you.
5: Hello, I'm First Lady Casey DeSantis. I am honored to participate in the 22nd annual Florida Missing Children's Day virtual ceremony. Today we raise awareness of Florida's missing children, a day no parent should ever have to endure. Today we educate the public on child safety and abduction prevention and recognize those individuals and law enforcement officers and their canine partners who have made outstanding contributions in the effort to bring Florida's children home. As the first state with a missing persons clearinghouse, Florida led the way in creating a nationwide standard for handling missing persons cases and continues to be one of the most prestigious and effective clearinghouses in the country. Through the Florida Department of Law Enforcement, you can sign up to receive America's Missing Broadcast Emergency Response Alerts, or AMBER Alerts, and Missing Child Alerts sent directly to your phone or email. This resource allows communities to be instantly notified when an alert is issued and potentially play a significant role in the safe recovery of a missing child. Business owners can also participate in these efforts by displaying the AMBER Alert Flyer to inform their employees, community partners, and neighbors. Last year, FDLE issued 13 AMBER Alerts and 24 missing child alerts, resulting in three direct recoveries. Together we can all make a difference in the life of an abducted child. Be aware, be on the lookout, be alert, because one missing child is too many. To those who took the extra step, sometimes putting action above their own safety so that a child may be saved, I am humbled by your selfless acts of courage. It is because of brave individuals like you that a child is safe with their family today or families have answers regarding the disappearance of a loved one, bringing a small measure of peace and comfort. Today is also a day to provide support and hope to families who continue their search for a missing child. The governor and I want you to know that you are not alone. Your children and their legacy are the driving force behind every effort to make our state a safer place for all Floridians.
0: The Amber Alert is named for nine-year-old Amber Hagerman, who was abducted in 1996 while riding her bicycle outside her grandparents' home in Texas. Her body was found four days later. The case has never been solved. Florida's Amber Alert was created in 2000. We were the second state in the nation to have one. Your calendar of events begins at 9 when the Florida Gulf Coast University Board of Trustees meet by conference call. The Public Service Commission meets at 9.30 to consider a settlement agreement about Gulf Power's cost in restoring power and rebuilding its grid after Hurricane Michael. Now Gulf wanted $295 million from customers, but the public council disputed that amount. So Gulf Power, which is now owned by FPL, agreed to reduce the bill by $5 million and do a better job in the future tracking storm-related expenses. The Florida Faith-Based and Community-Based Advisory Council holds an online meeting at 10, and the Florida Coordinating Council on Mosquito Control will hold an online meeting also at 10. Finally today, a Florida woman is accused of getting naked and trying out a new sex toy before leaving the store. Police in Fort Pierce say 36-year-old Teresa Stanley took a pink sex toy from a shelf, removed it from the packaging, dropped her pants, and began using it. By the time cops arrived, she was completely naked and had moved into a stock room with her toy. Police say she was still going at it when they walked into the room. Stanley's charged with indecent exposure. She's also charged with stealing that pink sex toy, which retails for $45.98. That's it for today's episode of Sunrise. I'm Rick Flagg in Tallahassee, inviting you to join us again tomorrow as we plumb the depths of Florida politics.